Hello and welcome back to the Evolving Hockey Podcast. My name is Sean and I'm joined by the Evolving Wild Twins, Josh and Luke. And yeah, we're back from the holidays. We took Boxing Day off, so we're recording this um, a day late. Obviously, we had to watch Team Canada get pummeled by uh, by Czechia. And uh, yeah, we're back to recording. Last yeah, episode of 2022. It is. What's up, Sean? How you been? How were your holidays? They were freezing but that's okay <laughs> yes yes and, i went uh, to the patriots game on saturday and i was oh. a little bit worried about frostbite <laughs> quite legitimately hand. like i couldn't feel my feet anymore how cold you was didn't it? dress properly probably um i don't know what the official temperature was like i don't know uh 19 maybe oh that's nothing so, it really wasn't we were up but in our parents' cabin. All of a sudden, when yeah. you're sitting, when you're sitting there, so it's definitely a different thing when you're sitting there. Yeah, it's true. And yeah, and, if you're not um, moving, yeah. And there, there became like there was some wind that all of a sudden came, and I don't know, like I was wearing some heavier socks, I guess, with my Chippewa boots, and like usually that's fine. Like I've definitely been out in significantly colder weather, like that, and I was I, just. I would guess frozen. I've never been to a sporting event that was in like for a long period where. I was just standing there. I think the problem would be just staying in place, right? Like that's got to easily be the issue with in terms of warmth, right? Because like we were up at our parents' cabin this weekend in yeah. northern Minnesota, and it was like the whole weekend was seven below, ten below. We went on a walk, and it was five degrees it was out. Fahrenheit, or Fahrenheit, and I, you know, we were on a, an hour and a half walk around the lake up there, and um, I got cold by the end of it, but it was you know fine. You layered up, but that's because I was walking the whole time, right? Anyway, uh, anyway, I don't. We don't fast. support. We don't support the Patriots yeah, yeah. on this podcast. Yes. So I don't. I don't want to talk. I don't either. I don't yeah, either. but there was a pretty pretty crazy storm. Um, you know, hoping for the best for all the people of Buffalo. Yes. Um, yeah. And they've canceled several games now, and you know we're hoping that you know it's just a pretty pretty uh, scary situation there. But um, yeah, it's it was some crazy weather over the over the week last over the last week that's rolled through. How many so. how many uh, uh, um, records were set? Oh, like lows? Yeah, I, I'm not I saw sure. that there was a lot of opportunity for numerous records to be set. Yeah, well, it went deep into the <laughs> middle of the country down. Yeah, it was sketchy. It was sketchy around here. But anyway, yeah, the the it, there hasn't been really a lot in hockey either because there no. was the holiday break, which I kind of forgot was a three day break. We're, we are now resuming. Game started an hour and a half ago, um, and so uh, we're back. But there wasn't really there was World Junior started. World Junior started. Uh, and Sean I don't watched know every game. Yeah, Wait, how many games were there yesterday? Just two, four four okay yeah <laughs> you were, we were at... for a couple but you missed the first game the first game was was great honestly finland and, and switzerland great game what time was that on we were we were up early this weekend sean it you will not started believe... at 11 eastern yeah we so were 10, 10 central we were up for that i just didn't we it was we didn't watch it <laughs> yeah we were yeah we were with our parents uh, you will not believe on friday this past friday we got up at 7 30 in the morning no. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was gonna. Cap. No, 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 nope. no. I'm not. We had to drive up. We were, we should have driven up on Friday, or we were going to, but the the weather and the um road conditions were so sketchy that we decided to push it off and get up early on Saturday so we could drive up for Christmas with our family. And um, it was it was dicey for a bit. I mean, it was. I don't know if you if you get. I don't know. Does it get cold enough out out there where you're at for like black ice on the roads? Like, do you know what that is? Yeah. Last year we had like this really bad case. Um. I think it was this past year where like there all of like Connecticut was well actually so this wasn't a this wasn't a, like a case of like 
what you're talking about but like we get a lot of flash freezes at times yeah yeah and like there there can be cases like really bad cases with that that happen here like usually it doesn't get so 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 cold that we have like same issues as like minnesota here but um yeah you know, i mean i, have, I like, think ice storms same... are a bigger problem on the east we don't really get ice storms that much like it's I very think it's rare very that we rare ice, we get ice, ice storms. storms or flash freezes like that um but it's mostly that it gets too cold for like the conventional methods for melting the like ice on the roads to work. So like I, I can't remember what the temperature is. I think it's like below about five degrees Fahrenheit that the like the salt stops working, uh, and then you just get ice stuck on the road. So if it's like ten below and you're driving, like the exhaust will literally just turn to ice and it looks like black. Like it's clear ice on the road, so it gets kind of sketchy if you're like not paying attention. But anyway, I mean it's happened in my lifetime here. It's anyway, just, it's not a tremendously um frequent event here but i'm sure they sell something in menards to to counteract that so no 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 when no, it gets that cold it's basically you, you throw a bunch anything. of sand you throw a bunch it's of dirt sand. on the, that's on, what you do that's it because the salt doesn't to work. make more traction anyway enough yeah. talk about whether uh, the most yeah we're, we're moving on because i just discovered that the nhl has an official pronunciation guide uh for all, every name in the nhl and we were talking about this before the episode started and i'm i'm absolutely given our our track record of of pronouncing names perfectly on this podcast we, we don't, would never <laughs> need of course we them. of course we <laughs> yeah. knew that this existed because that's how we know how to pronounce everything correctly this is from 2021 22 let me see if they have a 23 season or uh, uh guide did they just change is it, it? oh media.nhl.com yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And yeah. then they have they have like all of the stuff at the front that denotes like how to say like word or letter pairs. Who chooses so, like, though? Does like do they like run out of players? Well, yeah. Like, that what was about the thing. players that like change their pronunciation slash enunciation? What's a good example? There was every... what, I'm trying to think. Is it Grandland? Well, like, I remember Marshawn was... does that all the time, like just to screw with everybody. Right? I know. I wonder what so Marshawn... there's no official pronunciation for his name let me see what marcy if marcian comes up in here so there was i think if um there was a, a story with uh with jewel erickson eck where i think people were doing a soft j but in the pronunciation guide here that we have it says j o h l all uppercase Ju- joel 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 erickson eck so I think that that was one where the, I remember it being a story that in the official guide, I think it is the players that do, they will inform the league how their name is supposed to be pronounced. And then all the, I'm assuming this, all of the announcers, anyone who is on a broadcast or, you know, in some official capacity That's is what, probably that, going through these. <laughs> that must be what this is for. Who are, oh, Nason. That was the one that you were questioning. Nason. Let's see again. Stefan Nason, Nason, spelled Who is N-A-Y-S-E-H-N, <laughs> Stefan, 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 but it doesn't, it doesn't clarify the font, the fan, it just says F-A-N, is that just a standard, like, right, write that NHL letter, say it's not, not clear enough, on but that. another no, one was Granlin, right, wasn't there something in the playoffs where he, told the uh, who was it the national reporter about it, and he, it was all of a sudden he started pronouncing it Granlin on the, Grand Lind, G R A N Lind. I'm a s- Mikhail, Mikhail Grandlind. Yeah. Anyway, this anyway, is crazy. What, what else? The, what's at came, the end of this? Well, Hold this on. this came up because Sean was proposing that we talk about Philip oh, Peronic. They have the referees in here too. You can, if you want to know how to pronounce the referees and coaches. This is. Do you sick. want to swear at the why, referees? Why haven't we ever found this? I can't believe I've never <laughs> seen this before. Because the number of times it would be so easy to pop pop this guide up, 
during an episode, so I sound smarter instead of mispronouncing the player. <laughs> uh, I just go and you know do a quick Google, quick search. But we were questioning. I think it how... gives us like the realness. You know, it makes us yeah. feel authentic. I, it's, it's true, yeah. So that because it, it's like you come off like I was wondering. You know, you wonder how all these announcers and you know big podcasters and everybody is able to perfectly pronounce. <laughs> Every you know name in the league. It's like, oh, look at this, the big brain over. It's like, no, you got the <laughs> NHL media guide on from pronouncing player names here. You know how many nationalities are are in the league and of all different types. You know, you, I mean, uh, let's see. So anyway, Sean wanted to talk about. Now I know how to pronounce his name, Philip Heronic. <laughs> We, uh, we the, you were the big doubter with us. Like me and Josh had it right the first time. Well, no, I, know, I, we I was like almost convinced that the H was silent because I I hadn't really seen a um I don't know if they had mentioned when I watched a red couple Red Wings games I don't remember hearing his name pronounced. But I, so that, was, that this was the catalyst of the conversation was I it, I think Sean brought it up because he did wait was this about the cradle thing or no no anyway no this is cradle is a separate topic for and in my head i see h-r-o-n-e-k and i'm like there's no way that h is pronounced it's just ronick and that's what i've always said in my head but i don't think i've ever really like talked i don't we've talked about it maybe once See, you guys have like a scandinavian bias is the issue yes, yes. well uh, i think about also, like yalmerson yalmerson but yeah. they lost to switzerland yesterday <laughs> <laughs> all of scandinavia <laughs> they all of <laughs> i saw the swiss and, team started two and zero for the first time in their time at world juniors anyway anyway different I heard, I'm pretty sure it was the Red Wings broadcast, and it was a very clear Horonic, which I was like, kind of made me go, what? That's how you say it? And uh, and then that led us to looking at the pronunciation. Yes, right? but so, anyway, he is, I believe, Czech. Uh, I think so. So, yes, the, the, yeah, the, the you silent... You that, but... Sean. Sean, no, Sean. we won't be going... Uh, <laughs> but yes, um, and yeah, he is having a pretty crazy start to the... Uh, 2022. Well, this is we're no longer starting at this. I point. know this is he's having. He's a played great 32 season. games, and we have him. Um, I mean, we probably still would have him in our in the Norris discussion this year. Yeah. Um I think he's definitely like with Adam Fox, like going away for murder or something. I saw what? Like, I'm not sure if you saw that headline. Did he get? No, it was a different. It was the it's person a joke, who was. But there's somebody named like Adam Fox that's like oh. going away. For, they were planning like, the, the, the 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 attempt. It doesn't matter. Uh, but they were like gonna go kidnap the governor of Arizona, those people, and they got you know, whatever, and they oh. got arrested, and he was yeah, sentenced yeah. sixteen years. I see. But I see Adam I see. Fox was that person's name. Um, so yeah, Philip Hronick has been having like an amazing season so far. I think some of that is due to maybe some hot hand luck. He has a ten point one percent shooting percentage, and we've talked about it on this podcast before of defensemen having double digit shooting percentages. It's very hard to keep that up for a season it's even harder to repeat it it just seems like eventually that's gonna regress downward and it's by far um above his career shooting percentage as well so like he's definitely getting a little bit lucky personally and i think as well a little bit having uh some luck with his teammates which is then reflective in gar um but he is very solid defensively as well yeah he's got 4.1 4.1 defensive gar, 4.8 expected defensive gar, and he doesn't take like, or he doesn't like put his team on the penalty kill. He 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 has a fine penalty differential like relative to his position, uh, which is leaving him like very high up on on the guard next guard charts for defensemen. And similar to like the Tage Thompson story, where you know 
Tejas is like fun because he's scoring so many goals. But like kind of a player coming out of nowhere, like Philip Peronic was a largely a replacement level player since starting off in the NHL and all of a sudden now he's come alive and he's become sort of like this elite uh well not elite but like he's in very high company right now this season um with the coaching change and he turned 25 in november so it's definitely like an interesting story to keep an eye on yeah and he's been in our like kind of our top like kind of norris watch a little bit on our end for a little bit it is interesting though that you mentioned his shooting but there's like He's only 14th in overall position uh, in defensemen in the X-Car mm-hmm. kind of shooting component this year. So it's not like he's like, you know, Eric Carlson, for instance, is shooting absolutely out of his mind. Um, and then you have Darlene as well. And then Dobson also, which I we haven't talked about Noah Dobson. We haven't he talked is, about Noah Dobson. Um, not. No, but, but he, anyway, he's having I, also really good seasons. But there's also like right above him is at uh, above Heronic is is Fox, who's also you know. So it's like well, it, he's a very well rounded player. I, I was this year. I was gonna say I was looking into some of his deployment issue or like uses, and his like zone start numbers aren't really much different than they were last year. And the only thing I could find is that last year his top like partners on the on the blue line were Nick Letty and Mark Stahl, <laughs> and this year it's Oli Mata. Okay. Um. So it's kind of an interesting um. Uh, change now. I didn't know. I didn't know Mata was on the Red Wings. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> he wasn't. No, say you forgot. Oh, I forgot about. That's the way yes, that we I phrase those it. things. You forgot. <laughs> but yes, last year Heronic spent like 70, or he spent about combined per like time with Stall and Letty of about 70 percent, and this year he has played 72 percent with Olimata. Uh, and the other D they tried was Jake Wallman, but that was only like 13. Um, or like thirteen percent. So they've played like so. By far, I, I'm 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 feeling like just a you know improvement in um, you know just the player that player players that he's playing with specifically his defensive partner are um you know really helping there. Yeah, I feel like he was definitely put in like a really rough position that maybe like Rapham can't always pick up on as well. Yeah, because like if you're playing with Mark Stahl and you're Phil Hronick, like you're gonna be the primary guy to try to exit the zone you're taking like a lot more lift with the puck because you don't want mark Stahl really touching the puck right <laughs> whereas like olimata like is like okay like he can transition i guess all right you you can kind of like lead on your defensive partner a little bit more and you also have the ability to be i guess more patient take more risks and like let those things pay off whereas you have to play like a very different style with those like poor players, yes. which I think maybe doesn't always get considered. Like, and maybe that's something that playing as a young player and on bad team, like analytics doesn't pick up on as well. Well, I think that's a hard, that's a, it's, it's always been an interesting one. It's been something that over the last year I've been trying to kind of, kind of try to see if, can we do anything more about that? Cause it definitely does seem to be something still where, yes, the models we're using are trying to account or, separate out like players individual player skill relative like in in whole and account for their teammates but that is still like you know we we can't really say for certain that it's doing like it's clearly not doing that 100% because you see people who like even still will go and play from you know they're playing with Mark Stahl and Nick Letty to playing with just an average kind of, I don't even know. I haven't looked at Olimata's numbers in a long time, so I'm not sure. But like, we know, right, that Nick Letty and Mark Stahl are like old, old, <laughs> probably not very mobile, 
probably very defensive, like in the defensive zone, kind of old, older school hockey players. Now, Nick Letty's different, but it's just Nick Letty's a lot older now um, than he used to be. And so it's kind of when those players are put in a different position that way, it's really hard to basically, you know, you can't really... I mean, you maybe could, but it gets really complicated, I would think, and it's probably above my <laughs> my well, skill set. Our skill set. I, I think set the thing the- though is that it's it's also an, a, a thing with chemistry as well, where yes. certain players might be put in a position, and they in like the same player playing going between two different teammates or like pairs or a different teammate will potentially play very differently in those scenarios. And so some of it is that we probably there have been situations. I think we know that there have been situations where a lot of players have changed who they're playing with and they get worse or they get they don't change at all but then some players just for whatever reason there's a lot of things that the numbers just don't weren't going to pick up that isn't necessarily a fault quote-unquote of the analytics or whatever you want to call it it's just that there are it's the same kind of thing with like um you know like a player changing like a team is that sometimes yeah it might be that the coaches are better they can utilize that player better but it also might just be the player is you know, is I don't know. They're happier. They're maybe they're more comfortable. Maybe they changed up something else that we don't know about. So there's all of that stuff that I think that we can't really know. It's, I mean, there's a lot of that stuff that we're never going to be able to bake in. It's one of the reasons why you see, you know, I I could go on about this for a while, but why like including season breaks as like say like a prior, you know, if like like using seasons as independent of um environments of each, i guess of each other of population separate population changes that for instance if you just took like every 100 days and looked at the change there that you will have a clear break between each season because off seasons are a thing and players change how they are approaching the game or who they're training with or who they're playing with in the off season all of these things can incorporate it so or can account for changes that we just can't really know so sometimes it's just like well I don't know. It is interesting, though, looking at Hironic because he, he was actually quite good in his rookie season in 1819. Um, he only played half a season, uh, but he was kind of looked like what he does this season. And then he had three, I think he it was three, yeah, this is his fifth season, um, fairly average to, or maybe not even average seasons where he was. <laughs> well, because then, um, the, then the, la- the season before that, 2020-2021, his top D partners were Danny DeKaiser and Patrick Nemeth. Yeah. Also, um, not we won't say star defenseman level players. And the season before that, it was Patrick Nemeth and Trevor Daly. So it's kind of like it seems like he's just the last three seasons before this. He was basically played with older defensemen who are at kind of the end of their careers, not the players they used to be. And this year he's playing with a younger player that is potentially more mobile. I think Mata's in his 30s, isn't he? Is he that old already? I think he might yeah. be. I think so. He was a he's the same <laughs> draft class as uh, Morgan Riley. So oh okay, twelve. Okay, so, so he's eighteen, eighteen plus ten. He's, he's twenty eight. Yeah, but even still, like, like I mean, that. I don't, I would have to like go look at the go look into these. But like in the last, Sorry, he's twenty eight. Yeah, twenty eight. Okay, so he's yeah he's but. It's like the player, the defensemen that I listed were always some that I would, I, I have memories of noting, oh, wow, this player's been really bad this year. <laughs> like, that's like Patrick Nemeth, uh, Trevor Daly at the end of his career. Patrick Nemeth was always a weird player, one to always, like, look into. Because, like, he did have, like, a couple of, like, oddly good seasons in here, didn't he? I would have to go look. I mean, I'm, I'm, I got I got it right here. Let me check. Patrick Nemeth has played since 13-14. Uh, I think he, he was good in, like, Colorado. He had... Um, yeah, you are right. His last two seasons with Colorado, 
actually he was then went back to Colorado. So he played for Dallas for four years, and then um, he was in Colorado for two, and then he went to Detroit for a year in 1920. Went to Colorado. Oh, that 1920 team—that's like one of the worst teams in recent memory, too. <laughs> yeah, that Red Wings. And, team. and he was—I would say that he's—he the last two years, uh, his 18 or 17, 18, 18, 19 with Colorado, he's pretty solid. Um, he's. I, I think if anything, he's been more of a defensive, like good defensively, quote unquote, and he doesn't. What he's not a power play guy, um, more of a shorthanded kind of shutdown D is what they, he was used for. But his uh, his season with with New York last year was yes, just that's atrocious. that's what it was. I remember um, the Rangers fans complaining about yeah. Nemeth is, but I I mean I remember listening to I don't know, I don't remember which hockey person it was. It was someone who I definitely respected who wasn't like an analytics person who like made the point that it was like Patrick Nemeth will play very differently with Colorado under Bednar than he will and how he's asked to play in say Detroit or like in New York with like Gallant on like a bottom pair Mm -hmm. like what he's asked and I think like that has a big that changes a player's role right which we talked about roles on here like we're kind of measuring a little bit of like what's happening right like that's the isolated impact part of the rapum yes and like we don't necessarily have everything on some like the descriptive stuff that might be like the role stuff that might be affecting the way that a player plays like i think vince dunn was successful in in st louis in his role he's moved to like a bigger role in seattle and not that he's like been a failure but like I don't think he translated as good as maybe like one would have thought playing like a slightly bigger role. I think he's been a little bit better um, with like more of like a steady but like capable defenseman like Adam Larson as a partner this year. But like same kind of thing. Like roles really affect a lot of things, and we don't necessarily have the yeah. data on that. Well, also I will say Vince Dunn this year is, has been very good. Um, from like right, our stuff, I think so he's like back with a, with a better, but it's again. yeah, it's kind of the same thing with like um in Seattle. I'm not sure if it's like a systems thing because like we're we've seen like Bjorkstrand and Burakovsky compared to the the seasons that they've had prior are kind of would be considered struggling at the start. I haven't checked back in on Bjorkstrand, but like our stuff always really liked him in Columbus, and he had a pretty rough start in Seattle. So it's kind of funny seeing you know players kind of who are shifting and they're maybe still trying to figure out exactly. And maybe that's what we saw with Vince Dunn is that like, it just took a year for him to kind of get comfortable with his new teammates and kind of the players that he was playing with. But yeah, I mean, that's a, that's definitely um, something it's, I will also note the other thought I had was that it's, we see this a lot more with defensemen, I think than forwards. Like if I had to guess, I think that forwards seem to transition a little easier than defensemen. Between, you mean between pair between like, like lines. Pl- lines or pairings and teams. Well, and they also um, I, I I would guess that this would be something that we we should look into. But that that forwards change lines a lot more than defensemen change yes. pairs, right? I would think. Now, I don't know. Maybe Sean has some. You know, uh, maybe he looked into this or he's tracked it. <laughs> well, I think like I think the difference a lot of times just is an overall theme with our accuracy on forwards versus defensemen like just that's like a period like that's a evaluation strength is forwards and the weakness is defensemen right yeah yeah more, I yes, think, more like, or less a bigger reason is that forwards have more puck touches yeah, yeah. right 
So I think like they have a little bit more control of what's going on and therefore like you're getting much more like they will translate more team to team because they're the the uh the drivers, if you will. Yeah. Like well, you yeah. like those yeah. like protein things that like walk in your cells or whatever and carry <laughs> things. Like that's that's them. And it's not to say that like off puck play off puck play by defensemen like is still like critically important. And I think like at times maybe we do put like a little bit too much weight on forwards because we can understand more of what's happening with them, especially because they're touching the puck more. Um, I think that's the strength. That's the difference as opposed to like them being um overall like more volatile because yeah. of, like pairings and or I, line mates i wonder if it's also a systems thing too like or do you think that forward systems i mean i know that it's the whole unit when they're on the ice but like what forwards are asked to do from team from team to team is more similar than what defensemen are asked to do from team to team like our defensive pair structures do you think those are more variable between teams like as opposed to forward groups you know what i mean or do you think it's so maybe marginal? like i would say no so i, I would say it's probably somewhat fair like a lot of the i guess like buttons that you could push revolve around defensemen whether it's in your d zone structure um whether it's how much you want to try to keep a team in the zone like if you want to get more aggressive and on the four check how you want to gap how you want to defend entries how you want to defend the low cycle like that really involves your defensemen. And so, yeah, I think they're a lot more susceptible to like, especially wingers, like wingers, there's kind of wingers. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> they're winging it. Yeah. <laughs> they're not winging it, but the way that they're always going to be used is going to be like less strenuous defensively. And I think a lot of structures is defense, right? Like offense is far less structured, much more chaotic, much more fluid. Yeah. And you know, whereas opposed to like defensively, like wingers aren't as involved. That's not to say that they aren't involved in certain structures have wingers extremely involved in like breakouts and whatnot. But the point being, I think like, yeah, like that is like the buttons that you could switch have to do with the way that you run your defenseman and your center with the defenseman. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's, I guess that that was kind of me just brainstorming, I guess, about also the differences between forwards and defensemen changing team or changing systems is that I think that certain defensemen are going to excel much more in a in like a, a system or a structure or something that they're being asked to do that they're used to, as opposed to like, I don't know, I'm just trying to think about what differences there might be between teams or whatever but I remember like you know you even look at like the way that defensemen like pinch or they go up the boards or they're able to they're allowed by the coach for instance to like take shots right or, or, or are you supposed to pass like different defensemen I think or different players are going to do better in a different role or in their one role and so it's I don't know I think it's very difficult we do the best that we can do to account for teammate impacts and structure and all of those things but it also there's a lot of things that I think are on a personal level for a player that we are just never going to be able to know. Even if yeah. we got like the fancy, you know, like, you know, player tracking stuff or whatever, there's still going to be things that happen when players change teams or players change environments or whatever. That is, um, I think, uh, that will always be kind of a question mark. And I, I would, I would surmise that even with, you know, 20 frames per second video tracking that there's still going to be things you would see between changes in players year over year and whatnot kind of like what we talked with Corey last week about a little bit about how certain players you know change or they don't change or whatever it, it kind of just will always be hard i remember you know? i remember like david perron 
was a huge player that like literally changed his game like over the course yeah. of a season. Like, want to yeah. go back to the season versus season when he went to Vegas, completely changed his game. Right when his first times around, like St. Louis, like up to that point in his career, um, was always a shooter. Right, like big shooter guy, and like eventually, like he just wasn't gonna be able to keep that up. Like he wasn't gonna be a goal scorer. He wasn't gonna be able to to lift his game much and then like he was just going to age out of that and like completely like changed his game and he just like overnight became a playmaker and if you look at the stats even if you want to look at goals and assist ratio right yeah or you want to look at like the like rate at which he was taking shot attempts like completely changed like overnight essentially and elongated his career because of that like i think he's still been a somewhat useful forward for like since that 2017 like another five years right he's still been useful as he's gotten older because he completely like changed his game purposely. He talked about it himself. Like this isn't like a figurative thing and it shows up in the data. And like, that's been, that's been cool to see. And that's one that we know about, but like there's players that try different things and want to change their games around that. Like we just don't know about. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I was going to say, just to add on about the variable of like, or, how variable each kind of systems, quote unquote, if you take think about forward and defenseman groups are, is that like from a game projection standpoint, I will say team forward strength is much more predictive of future of like a game outcome than defenseman strength. <laughs> so like in a predictive model, from what I've seen, the forwards are one of the primary drivers of which team is going to win. Um, which is not necessarily because defensemen don't matter, quote unquote. It's just I would think that there's a lot more, um, quote unquote, noise in that um, predictor. So it's just like there's it's a lot more variable. And whereas like if you if we have priors on a forward group and we kind of know or we've predicted what their performance is going to be, um, I think that uh, it, it's just the models is. Has an easier time uh, correlating that or using that to predict win out game wins than defenseman strength. Um, now there, I should say with a caveat that that's kind of it's hard, kind of hard to interpret in that situation given that it's like kind of the modeling techniques and mm-hmm. kind of how it. There's a lot of things that are at play there, but that's kind of a general trend I've seen when doing game projections is or projections is that forward strength is very important um, for team or like game outcomes, but. Yeah, and we're getting kind of close to the. Uh, uh, I feel like maybe our break. We've had. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm spoiling it. Technical difficulties. Had, yeah, and I'm hoping yes. that we didn't have uh, that. This will be be. I'll be able to sew this together and, and patch it up in the editing. But and uh, if you stick around, I did some real prep work for a little 2022 year end review, and I it's and we also have the cradles to talk about. We do. Everyone we got a lot of the cradles. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. So uh, maybe Sean, we can uh, head to break and. Yeah, so introduce... we got a brand new sponsor this week. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> really excited for you guys to hear what they have to say. And we'll be right back after this short message. The Evolving Hockey Podcast is brought to you by EvolvingHockey.com, your home for advanced NHL statistics on the web. When you become a subscriber to EvolvingHockey.com, you gain access to such evaluation tools as NHL Goals Above Replacement, Regularized Adjusted Plus Minus, Skater Contract Projections, Visualizations, Charts, and much more. Visit Evolving-Hockey.com slash login today to become a subscriber.
welcome back. No, there was no new uh, message. But, you know, it is what it is. The We're going to kick you off maybe. the podcast. Podcast, <laughs> and you keep doing it. <laughs> It's just <laughs> gonna come up on people when they least expect it. That's, a, yeah. that's gonna be the best part about it. One day, it's we like need... the, it's like the person who cried wolf or yep. whatever. We like eventually, get, yeah, we need yeah. to. We need to. What we should do is just promote the taco place down the street from us because that is fantastic. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. No. So I think like if we're gonna do like one like that, it's gotta be pizza shop. Like, gotta, I mean, yeah. Well, we have our you know the two favorite restaurants. Yeah. But anyway, to just get right into it here. I was. We were talking off air last time, and I think Sean had a very good idea that we should kind of to to add a little more structure, just a little bit more structure. We would come up with kind of each of us try to come up with some ideas before the show about the past In week. In case it we wasn't can, obvious that we don't plan yes, any of this, which well, we, we started to. We've got we started it's not anyway. Like we really spent too much time today either. But, no, you know. we did. I mean, but like I, I you did. know, I did. Just Josh wait. Did. Just wait for my yeah. segment. Anyway, so the first thing that popped into my mind was. Currently, um, the Chicago Blackhawks are in Carolina playing the Hurricanes. And when I ran our probability model for the game projections uh, last night, it spit out like an 86.8% chance of Carolina winning, which was, I think, the highest percentage I've seen on a, like, in, like, a future game projection. When we've been doing this last year was when we started. This is, and I'm trying to what, think. What was Colorado against Buffalo? Buffalo last, last year? year. I can't remember. It was close to that. It was close. It but was I don't close. think like, it was. I thought it was 87. And so it's funny because like uh, our model is very um, bullish on how bad the Blackhawks <laughs> are. Is It is like, and it's really funny because, you know, it's a lot of what it is. It takes in team rolling statistics too. So we're looking at. It's all it's rosters and team per prior twenty five games, and so in the little cards I made, you can see that each team's prior twenty five Corsi EV Corsi differential, XG differential, goal differential, and it was literally the exact opposite with Carolina because they're a crazy Corsi team this year, right? <laughs> I think they're like prior twenty twenty five game was like plus twenty two point something, and Chicago's like negative twenty five, like, and it's like. I mean, honestly, like the when the Wild played Chicago last week, that was just like the Wild are kind of a middling team in the NHL, right? Like they're not some crazy powerhouse, and they like Chicago was on a back to back playing in Minnesota, and it was almost an eighty percent win probability for Minnesota, and they won that game. But it's just funny, like seeing. I, I think that we could see some historically high uh, project like game projections in the NHL this season with how bad the Blackhawks are um it's 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 pretty funny like if you know if they're playing I don't know um like if they were on a back-to-back that might have been over 90 percent for Carolina to win based on our model I'm not it's it's kind of linear because it's logistic regression but like it, it, yeah, I don't know, Josh. You were making a funny face, or you? Just... No, sorry. I'm just I'm I'm prepping for my spectacular segment I'm about mm. to have here. So, I, I anyway, do... <laughs> that was that I, that was all I wanted to say because I saw that last night. I was going to tweet about it, but it was like, well, and luckily the Hurricanes are up three zero right now on yeah, Chicago. I saw because they, they last made... year the Flames were the team that we yeah, had like yeah. crazy high projections on, and they had a very um uh, they had a knack for losing games that they had like 80 plus win percentage on. trap games right? like and, Maple Leafs thing. yeah <laughs> but anyway yeah the carolina hurricanes 
um, are I don't I haven't looked at the charts because we were recording the podcast, but uh, it'll it'll be a funny uh, funny one to see through the rest of the season um, how bad the Blackhawks really can be, um, and you know be all you can be uh, in the NHL tanking for Connor <laughs> Bedard. Um, but yes, anyway, so the second segment that I wanted to bring up was because someone you don't had, get two. Well, I yeah I do. They're little <laughs> short ones. So the other one because I was working with Sean on this. Was um we're the, doing all of this up front. People are gonna leave before my spectacular. No, we're not even up. five minutes in. It's not okay. been that long. All right. Um, it was talking about the Michigan goals because I think I didn't know why people were adding us in the, about World Juniors. Are more kids trying this these days? Is that the thing? Yeah, there was two attempts last night by Canada who got rocked. <laughs> <laughs> so then people are were have been adding us, asking what's the XG, what's the expectable probability on like Michigan goals, quote unquote. Um, so I was looking because if, you know, maybe people have, we're, we've mentioned well, this first a couple of all, times. Do you know the reason why it's called the Michigan goal? I do not actually. So it's actually called Svechnikov. Well, yeah, it was so for a while it was called the lacrosse before I think Svechnikov was like, was, didn't he do it for the first time in like a while? It twice in one season. I yeah. And that's, like and then people were calling it lacrosse goal. I just looked this up because I was curious is that it was named after um, Mike Legg, uh, L E G G. Um, and he did, he, I, I basically it, it, he did the goal. I don't know if you, do, did you do the goal? Do you perform the <laughs> he goal? He performed. Do you, do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, uh, he pulled it off in 1996, uh, in a NCAA tournament, um, uh, where he was playing for Michigan against U of, uh, University of Minnesota. So that's why. Oh, that was like the first I think that I think what the name was kind of i don't actually know but the, isn't that like mccall grandlin did that in the uh was it i don't think it was world juniors i think it was the internet some international tournament and he didn't get on a stamp for didn't he do the same goal yeah well he, what was that yeah that's right he, he had a stamp for it hold on yeah I'm let me look sure. let me look that up really quick anyway so the, re, the reason we're talking about this is we had people some people um bring up or somebody a couple people on Twitter were asking us about what's the xG what's the probability on Michigan goals um and so I wanted to look and we've mentioned before the NHL added new shot types to their public data this year they added the bat the poke and the cradle and the cradle is now what the NHL calls the Michigan goal it's called a cradle shot, and there have been five so far um, that at least were recorded. That, that were recorded by the NHL. Now they and none of them have been goals, so that seemed kind of weird. I don't know if that's true. Um, sometimes with shot types, um, I'm not sure if they go back and update, but that was basically how we the data we have for this season. Um, do, do they offer definitions for this somewhere? I mean, clearly not. Right? I don't think so. No. So the way I saw it, so. If we can, I will maybe put some gifts on the um, account tomorrow. I was yeah. having trouble gifting on my new computer, but um, like, so I wouldn't necessarily say all of them were your traditional Michigan, if you will. I think the essence of the cradle, as it's supposed to be, um, I guess recorded is if you are picking the puck up with your stick and you're cradling it similar to like you look, would in lacrosse, lacrosse yeah. right? Which is like a lacrosse goal. Because like I think the Athanasiu one on December 4th was like he was same side of the net, but he picked the puck up and he had it backhand like that and cradled the puck on yes. his blade and tried yeah. to throw it into the goal. 
So should clarify that like you don't necessarily have to be doing like um it's not necessarily like part of like a wraparound as per se like it's the way that this puck is interacting with the blade of your stick like i guess theoretically you could just do it from the slot if you will i think and they should still yeah. be recording it as a cradle yes and so i will say just there have been five cradle shots recorded um the i guess bellamere took one for tampa bay I Elmar? which is kind of yeah, uh, kind of funny. That's what we have in the NHL recorded that. So that was another one I wanted you to look at. But Kent Johnson, uh, Ricardo Kell, Anthony Ciu, and then the most recent one was Parsonen for Nashville. I don't know that player. Um, uh, sorry, <laughs> I don't, I don't. but Sean All verified yes. Attempting so <laughs> everybody's so far. So the reason the long winded is that um, we don't like. Our XG model doesn't really in, doesn't include shot types, um, so it, some do, and it's that's by design. That's it's mostly. By, it, I mean, we we tried it. We we included it in several of the versions that we were trying, and it just the difference. Most really, the issue is not the issue, but it's like the difference between a snapshot, a slap shot, a wrist shot. Like backhanded, like it it doesn't in, in the well, grand, backhand is a little different. I know, but like it, they're all kind of the same There's type. There's so you know, many wrist there, shots, yeah, there that are. it and they're all like that would be the same. So and it also, just I believe the a, cradle is. Like, you said this is the first year they're doing yes. it, and so, so there isn't, that's the reason is because when Svechnikov scored his first lacrosse at that time, lacrosse goal. Um, I remember we had everyone was asking us what was the XG on that. Shot. We posted it. Like, yeah, you, I wonder if we could. And I'm pretty sure it was classified as a wraparound at the time. And I think it had a pretty high XG because it's just really close to the net. Yeah. So, like, any shot that's really close to the net has a much higher probability than something that doesn't. And I do believe that they recorded it basically correctly. Like, the shot location was correct. Yeah, it was. Um, it was just a really close, weird angle shot. So, like, yeah. it wasn't... Oh, he found it. So, there was two of these, mm-hmm. right, on two different days so the first one so for this is Svechnikov this is back in 2019 which uh was that his rookie year no right no, yeah, no I don't think so year, right was it I'm not it was, sure it sounds around the time I thought he maybe was in the C- in the NHL a year before but I might I have been a sophomore year yeah 2018 anywho so October 29 2019 Andre Svechnikov had his first lacrosse goal um it was recorded basically behind the net, if you will. Oh, that's right. It was yeah. recorded as a wrist shot. So it was a wrist shot from <laughs> 5.1 feet, angle 78.7 degrees, um, total XG value of 8.9%. So like, yeah. really low. Well, higher than some, but yes. yes, low still. Yeah, comparatively, yes. Yeah. And then the, the next one was uh, on December 17, 2019, uh, it had an XG value of 3.67%. Uh, it was a wraparound. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah. Distance recorded was... as five feet, but this time it was further up. Um, the angle was like 53.1 degrees. Okay. Um, so that is like a really low. Yeah, that um, one's pretty low. XG. So, but the other thing that's funny is that now, if we were to look at the cradles from this year, well, none of them have been goals. So. The model wouldn't. I mean, it's that's not how it works, really. But there's no like successes yet. And yeah, uh, the, the other thing, and, and we need to stop on this topic because I have a yes. huge spectacular segment. That I need to get to, <laughs> but uh, is that there's not going to be enough 
in historical, uh, I guess, tracking that we would be able to, like, you would have any, you know, so you would basically just look, I mean, one way you could look at it is, like, how how many attempts have there been in the last, like, 10 years, and how many have become goals, and then that, you could get, It's your most you know, basic XG value. Yeah, that is your basic <laughs> XG value, is just, like, you know, average shot uh, shooting percentage from a given location, which would give you an idea about what you should expect, which is probably not... I mean, if there have been five attempts and none this year, right? Then yeah, I would be interested to see if, if there was a, a lacrosse or a Michigan goal this year that was that had not been recorded as a cradle. That would be interesting. Anyway, Josh. Yeah. All right. So that was the answer to that question, which I found now interesting. It's time so time for yeah. 2022 wrapped with evolving hockey. <laughs> yeah. With your host, this is Josh Young. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna call this Josh's spectacular 2022 year end <laughs> trivia contest. Uh, no, I so I thought it would be fun. I mentioned this the last like two episodes, I think, that I was like, we should do a little 2022 year-end review. Um, I did a little work today to kind of try and come up with something, and I landed on uh, a bit of a, a little trivia uh, contest, but not really. But mostly, Luke and Sean have no idea what I am doing or what... <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> what or what I did or whatever. But I went back and looked at kind of 2022 of the year, not necessarily last season or this season, but whatever happened in this calendar year, um, and just found some interesting tidbits looking at Reddit, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so uh, I guess, first of all, you, do you guys remember who the Stanley Cup champions were? In 2022? Yeah. yeah the Avalanche. Okay. So we got that out of the way. Um, uh, the other ones that, that – no, that's – okay. So <laughs> I, I thought we could also recap awards, but I, I feel like we talk enough about awards anyway. So I'm just moving on basically. You're just skipping uh, awards now because Austin won heart. Uh, so yeah, I I mean I was we could oh you were gonna quiz us on who won the awards well last I, year? we could I actually do that don't know if, if I can won. tell you who won all of them yeah I mean so I have them if, okay quickly oh, who knows who so, won Lady Bing I don't know I do <laughs> um was it Barkov no Slavin was it Slavin it was it was it was not Slavin it's actually Kopitar I, I, no yeah, you again are, I don't know couldn't yeah. tell you so uh, Ryan O'Reilly. I don't no. know. You guys are guessing kind of the right ones. Kyle Connor won the Lady Bing that's season right. last or, uh, yeah, last that's year. Yeah, that's right. How funny. Uh, it's funny how, how like soon these disappear from my memory. But yeah, you, you said Matthews was Hart. Do you remember the finalists? Can you name the finalists for the Hart? Oh, God. Um, Igor and McDavid. Yes, you're you're right there. Uh, do you remember who won the... Uh, well, Vesna's easy. Shesterkin. Yes. Um, i trying to tell I, you who the finalists were, to be honest with you, though. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't know the you can maybe Markstrom yes and um Soros uh, no uh yes Vasilevsky yes was it Soros it's Soros and Markstrom hey. were the other finalists oh. oh good for them yeah. good for the voters <laughs> <laughs> uh Calder you remember who won the Calder Michael Bunting no <laughs> uh Cider it was Cider uh Bunting was a finalist you remember the other finalist Jarvis no 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 it was uh it wasn't Lucas Raymond was it it was not Lucas Raymond the Zegras? It was Zegras. Oh, He's the yeah, other yeah. finalist. Um, Lindsay Matthews, boring. Who won the Norris? It's kind of an easy one. Kale. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Kale McCarr. Remember the Adam two? Adam. Fox. And Victor? Who, what? Was it? Hedman is correct. Hedman. Okay. You haven't gotten the other one yet. Adam wasn't on there? Adam Fox? No, no, no. Fox wasn't on there. It was McCarr and then Hedman and... There's a player that had an absurd defensive defenseman season. Oh, Roman Yossi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He's the other one. Art Ross is McDavid. 
Rock, uh, Richard okay, was are we, Matthews. Okay, where it's enough awards. Okay, okay anyways, all right, all right. Well, I, I was trying now. to skip them. You guys done. were interested. Jack Adams was uh, Daryl Sutter. Uh, let me check. Brunette. Um, hold on. Where is it? Yes, it was Sutter. It was Sutter. Okay, okay. moving on. Okay, to my on. to, to Josh's silly silly trivia questions. I had like five of them or four of them. Um, who okay. was the only team not to win a game in the twenty two twenty three NHL playoffs? Who got Nashville? Swept. Yeah, you're right. Nashville. Nashville yeah. yeah, they Probably, lost to Colorado. Yeah, unfortunate. So that that's an easy one. That's that's pretty easy. Um, all right, this is one I picked up from Reddit. Uh, how did Joe Biden mispronounce Gary Bettman's name during the Tampa Bay Lightning's uh, White House visit? <laughs> I don't remember hearing about this. I didn't this. remember hearing this either. But this was pretty high up on Reddit, and I thought it was very funny. So Gary Gary Bettman? No. <laughs> He he said Gary Batman. <laughs> There's a oh, funny video really of Victor good. Hedman laughing in the background, which is where that was that was running from. Um, all right, so the other ones I, I queued up were there were I was curious if you can remember since July. I think officially. This is how it's recorded. Uh, there's a big Wikipedia page about transactions, which I didn't know. But there were, um, can you guess how many active skaters retired or announced their retirement after July? Oh God, based on. This is just based on Wikipedia's NHL transactions page, so don't go there. I'm not going there. Um, how many how many active players retired? Sk- well, yeah. Uh, skaters? Players who played at least one game in the NHL um, who were skaters or goalies. Oh. I mean, it's... it's uh, 92. No, no, it's way lower than that. <laughs> uh, I was going to go... You know what? I'm going to go with the lucky number 43. No, it was... Uh, uh, hold on, 17. Yeah, it's yes. Actually, I think it was Matthew? twenty, but there were a couple. I it's about upper twenty. That's this is not the point. My my question was, I, I queued this up. There were fourteen who played at least one NHL game. Skaters who played at least there were a couple. So Andrew Hammond, Devin Dubnik, and I think another goalie all announced their retirement since July as well. Um, but I was curious if you uh, could name who. Who who played the most time on ice since 2007 of the players who retired? Do you remember who? We could go and and uh, Ryan Getzloff. No, so I think Getzloff and played the most. Who had the most since minutes. 2007 that retired? Yeah, that retired Zano. since July. He's second. Who else re- retired? It was a defenseman. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a hint. He played. He's mostly remembered for one team, but he played a couple seasons on another team towards the end of his career. I <laughs> I don't know. Duncan Who Keith. Retired? Oh, Duncan Keith retired. Uh, That's right. He announced his retirement. Missions today, no. He he does. He played uh, about two hundred more minutes than than Chara did since two thousand seven. Wow. Now, granted, I would no, assume Chara was in the league for a lot longer. Yeah, a lot longer. That, so. uh, I found it interesting uh, of the players who retired. Who who had the most points? Getzloff. No, so Getzloff. <laughs> I think announced his retirement. Like I I I think it was like before this cutoff. Oh okay. I think so. He's not on this list. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah, he was. He went through the. He did the victory lap. There was another big minute defenseman who also announced their retirement. Um, actually there were two, there's, there's actually several players here that, uh, yeah, like, but it's not Chara either, which I thought was interesting because I assumed Chara. Wow. This been. is, I've did Mike green. This is a retire? lot higher than one would think. Yeah. Shea Weber. Oh, 
No, Shea cold. Weber's he's no he's, he's injured. He's yeah. not, he's not retired. <laughs> he's been LTIR for like six years. It seems like he, he has um, been. Bigness defenseman that retired. He played for four teams since 2007. Jordan. Ron Hainsey. <laughs> what? Ron Hainsey. No. Keith Yandel. Yandel. <laughs> he had the most points? Most points of any of the, yeah, of the 14. Yeah, he's a power play guy. He was yeah. good back in his back Oh, in his yeah, he was too. good. Um, And of the players who, this is just a random, uh, who had who had the most face-off wins since 2007? That Arnold, retired? That retired. Ooh, I have no idea. This is a player you probably didn't realize retired as well. Maybe you did. I'm not good with centers versus <laughs> wingers, too, either. I mean, I don't feel like I could tell you who retired at this point. Yeah, I couldn't either. I don't, like, yeah. I'm completely blanking off these. Like, Kyle Turris. <laughs> Kyle Turris? Yeah. Here's, oh, that's yeah. really funny. So, um, yeah. these are he the was players. playing last year? Uh yeah, this is in order of of points. Oh, he played for Edmonton last year, didn't he? Uh yeah, yeah. I believe so. He so, had a really So Yandel, yeah. Keith, Chara, you named. We already mentioned Turris. PK Subban also oh, announced his that's retirement. Right. Um Matthew Perot uh retired. Oh, like former analytics I know. darling. Andy here. Andy Green. Andy Green, yeah. He also announced retirement. Sakara, uh Boychuk, uh Gerby, Nathan Gerby, Greg Patterin, Alex Biega also retired. Curtis Gabriel, and then Morgan Klimchuk, who played one game for the Calgary Flames, announced his retirement as well. All right, good good work, guys. You didn't get any of the of the questions. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got one, didn't we? All right, yeah, you did, of the, of the retirement. So the last thing I had was just some quick contract uh, review, was who signed the, the largest cap hit contract in the last year? In the last calendar year? Yeah, last calendar year of 2022. Who, who signed the, the largest contract? Oh, it's going to be an extension. Uh, was it an extension? Well, I'm saying it's probably going to be an extension. So Huberto is very he's second. high. Is, he's second. That's what I thought. Goudreau. I no, it's not Goudreau. Goudreau's, Goudreau is third. Oh, I should know these. Um, It's not Kachuk, is it? Not Kachuk. No, yeah, I think he was five. I think he oh. was fourth. Who signed for 11? Oh, who was you, it? You've gotten two, three, and four. There's a big one that I had forgotten. Uh, that I think I it was kind of covered, but it 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 hasn't. I haven't heard anyone mention it in a while. So, McKinnon. Yes, McKinnon. Oh, that's right. McKinnon extended in uh, in it was September. Was an extension. I was right. It was. You were correct. He signed for twelve point six million uh, in yep. the end of uh, end of September. Uh, you named all of the other big ones that signed. Except, can you get the fifth highest? It was also signed as an. I think it was an extension. Tage Thompson. No, not Tage <laughs> no. Thompson. Tage Thompson was like fifteenth highest or something. Yeah. Okay. The other one I'm thinking is Josh Norris, but that's not right. Now he's he's no. kind of no. Well. There's got to be one that's like another like nine. God, who signed? It is. It's Debrinket? the last. It's the last nine. No, Debrinket's up this year. Did Kale yeah. sign sign an extension? No, this he year? didn't. He, he didn't. would have been I much higher so. than that. He's got to be McKinnon money. If not higher, right? Yeah, it's there's this is the last remaining nine million contract from this year. Why is Kyle Connor in my head? It's not Kyle okay. Connor. <laughs> I don't think he's he signed. Kaki did not sign this calendar year, did he? Uh, he didn't. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he did. No, I'm not um, gonna. I'm not gonna get this. Barzal, Barzal signed for nine point one five. Oh, anybody ever find him? 
I completely, <laughs> I completely forgot that. Yeah, so a few of these, I had kind of forgotten that McKinnon extended and, and Barzal extended as well. Um, so this concludes Josh's 2022 <laughs> year-end spectacular trivia contest. <laughs> well, congratulations. Yes, Congrats, thank you, Josh. I don't know any old people. <laughs> For me. Um, yeah, so that, I mean, there are, there's a lot of other stuff you could do. I just tried to go through things I thought you guys wouldn't really know, uh, that well. So this is, yeah. in a year, you, you, our listeners will have the pleasure of having this, uh, having me do this again. Um, it's, it's funny how much I forget from last season. It's just like, yeah, specifically about contracts. contracts. Yeah. 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 Contracts are really weird. Um, because like, I think I, and for me, and this is the same thing with the awards as well as I think about so much about what I, what we project for like for contracts. And so I'm kind con- like, those are actually the things that I think about more because then that's in my head when they actually get signed. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, they signed that. That's whatever. And then the extensions are one that we don't usually predict. Like that isn't a free agent extension. So like yeah. McKinnon at 12.6, is he the highest? Is that slight? Wasn't there something about him? He's slightly or no. I was trying to think what his there was. I remember there being some silly discourse around like him asking for an additional, slight additional more money to be in some place of in, among the contra, active contracts. Because what's McDavid on right now? Is he twelve point five, or is he higher than that? What I is don't Mc, remember. Again, what is Mc, <laughs> I, I should. Want, I mean, I should know this. But the other thing is that we deal more in in cap percentage and not cap raw cap. Um, so I'm actually curious. So I'm going to look that up right now. I'm looking. I mean, I don't I think, think we're. McKinnon's now like the top paid guy. Yeah, it is. It is twelve point five. He's making twelve point five. McKinnon oh, makes so, twelve point six. So I remember that was. That it was. I think is what it was. Is that uh, um, he wanted a uh, slightly more to be, uh, or something about it. I could be wrong. Oh God, McDavid is a free agent in three years. After this season, can you imagine what it's going to be like when McDavid <laughs> is a free agent? Well, Matthews is a free agent after next season. That's true, but he plays for in Toronto. He and does. The Maple Leafs have been like. Really... You think Mc... is McDavid? He's absolutely going to free agency, right? He's not staying in Edmonton, right? There's no way that he's going to stay. In I mean, Edmonton. I don't know. Can a team afford he's got him? The heated driveway. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Where else can you go to get a heated driveway? It's yeah. It's true. <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah. Do we think? Has there been any? There's nobody. Nobody's speculating on that yet. But on what? I have to think that if he went to free agency, it's like I mean, he would easily top his previous cap hit percentage right yeah i would think so because he is currently is he 26 let's take a look he is currently 25 he's 25 okay he will be 26 in uh like two weeks okay oh so spot on yeah that's um and so he'll be yeah his cap hit percentage at the time of signing was 16.67 percent so at the current Salary cap, which was this year, the eighty-two five, right? Yes, sixteen. Here, let's do a little quick math here in my head. <laughs> uh, eighty-two five. Um, thirteen point seven five million. That's what it would be now. That's what it would be in yeah. the current years, and they reported that only going up by about a million in the salary cap next year. I think is what I remember hearing. I do. So I, that did, brings I did it, look into that. That brings yeah. it to almost fourteen million dollars. Yeah, is what his current contract. So we would expect him. So, yes. Well, um, the thing is, the max was like sixteen point eight percent. So at a max. So fourteen million is the max, basically, that you could sign at a. Um, is, so because he signed the league max, right? 
No, he signed for just under the max. Okay, yeah. So that they can have their terrible players a little bit easier. (laughs) (laughs) So if, yeah, McDavid goes to free agency, he's probably going to get a max contract. Probably going to be paid $14 million. I don't know how many teams would be able to afford that or be in the position where McDavid would want to go there. Um, but I don't, know, who the, knows, you the know, biggest, the biggest question right now is Matthews and the Maple Leafs, I think, cause he's, he's up after next year. Uh, oh, yes. All the discourse that's going to be coming up in the next several years. Oh, get, get ready for it. From Canadian top market. I don't know. Teams. I mean, I think the Coyotes are getting themselves ready for, they have right now <laughs> over $30 million in open cap space. <laughs> Uh, like they they, they, the the Coyotes could sign McDavid and Matthews right now, (laughs) and they would probably pay like that would be their. Can you imagine if a team if the Coyotes just basically went full, just shed everyone, and then just have Matthews and McDavid? Well, that would just basically be the Oilers. They would like the Coyotes. (laughs) Oh man, I'm trying to think. What do you think? Could the Sabers do it? No, would the Sabers not with that that Tage Tom? Well, they they so ironic. Because, like, I know you didn't really follow, like, the draft that year. I mean, I did. But, like, right, that was the worst Buffalo team. That was yeah. one of the worst yeah. hockey teams ever, right? Yeah. By design. Yeah. The Tank Commanders. And, like, I remember this whole thing, like, with his Billet family. Like, they all got, like, Sabres gear. Like, his, like, Billet brother was, like, had, like, a McDavid Sabres shirt. <laughs> and they all wanted him probably to go to the Sabres because, like, it's right there. Right? Yeah, it's like right across, like just drive down the QEW, you're there, and like the the irony of that would be Chef's kissed. But <laughs> I think um, if he, I don't, I don't see him leaving Edmonton. Like to be honest with you, McDavid, like, yeah, think that would ever happen. I mean, but if he does, Gretzky like, left Edmonton. Like, <laughs> it's gonna be like some random place. Like he's gonna pull a Johnny Goudreau here. <laughs> Goudreau and I go mean, to Columbus. He has Is no it? personality, so it's like it's gonna be like <laughs> I don't know St. Louis, where they don't know how to cut a bagel and they got no pizza, like that type of thing. <laughs> uh, so you better be careful. I, yeah, you better be careful. I the one thing though is if you look at so this is based on cap friendly's just like project their current cap space versus projected. Um, I guess projected. So projected is maybe more correct. Uh, probably to look at in term, in, instead of current because uh, half the league has a projected cap space of like $0. Or it's funny to look at like the Penguins right now have $18,000 in projected cap space. How, you know, how, how the amount of kind of uh, gymnastics teams are doing now to get exactly within the cap space. But like if you look at projected cap space, the Coyotes have 18.35 or 335 million in projected cap space. I think that's for this season. Let's see what cap really. At season's end, based on the daily average cap space value, the current roster is assumed to remain unchanged. Um, so, like, the Sabres, though, are second. Actually, yeah, are second at 16.9. Now, I don't know if this includes Tage's contract yet. I don't think yet. so, because it's, it's not an ex- So, yeah, he hasn't started. He's still making 1.4 this year, but next season it would be um, set. He'll, he'll be making 7.1. So, like, they legitimately might have an option to at, to potentially – Go after like Matthews. Make a run at Matthews. I mean, like it. There, there aren't a lot of teams right now that it's easy for them. Sh- Sean is saying no because he. I mean, I don't see a, again. I don't see a world in which Austin doesn't resign in Toronto. Well, I don't they, see yeah, a world afford in him. Which he leaves a big market. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I also kind of agree with you there, but I mean, the Maple Leafs, like he, 
What was what is his current cap hit? Like eleven point four or something, I think. And is, uh, cap hit percentage, I'm wondering. Oh, cap hit percentage. I mean, I can go and look if you want me to. It is fourteen point six, which is I would say is below what his market value would be, right? Yeah. Well, if his season this season has not been. Uh, well, he he he'll be fine, but he. It's, so that would be twelve point three, basically twelve point three million. Uh, if you sign the same cap hit percentage next year. Which is not exactly true. So it'll be over twelve million dollars. Yeah, um, probably closer to thirteen. But and I is, would think yeah. that he, given the the two of them being like you know arguably the best two players in the league, um, you know that's got to be getting close to max cap hit percentage territory, which is going to be rough with the Maple Leafs and their other contracts that they have now. I, yeah, maybe, know, maybe, maybe again. There's, there's no deals basically left at that point like their entire structure is for that yeah that's true i haven't looked into well, the, the cap the, scenarios there so i shouldn't there's actually like nobody left on the roster that's that i was just gonna it's, say yeah, there's like, like morgan riley the boy boy cali <laughs> and is that it and giordano <laughs> signing Austin, another giordano so, signing a three hundred thousand dollar contract so <laughs> matthews has right he's got two more he's got this season next season after that season, so for going into the 24-25 season for the Leafs, they have Tavares and Marner are the two, and uh, and yeah, the boy boy Cal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and those are the only three players that are secured contracts after next season. Um, I assume that Marner will probably be resigned. Uh, he well, he so Tavares and Marner also are up in 24-25. So the Leafs actually aren't going to have a team after uh, 24 <laughs> Yeah, currently they're the going to be... The dis- structures to keep Austin, so like again. But uh, anyway... They're, I, they're I, going I, to be dismantled, and I, half yes. the team will be relocated to London. Half the team <laughs> will be relocated Hamilton. to... Hamilton. will stay in, in Toronto. <laughs> it will go to Hamilton. Yes, yeah. Look at you with your Ontario... <laughs> they're gonna I'm sp- proud of you. They're oh, going to split the Leafs into three Leafs. Do you know Leafs. Sound is? Uh yeah, uh I mean I've I know it. I I know pretty much every one of the major Canadian hockey cities that has like a junior team, like Red Deer, uh you know, uh but That's not in Ontario, but like No, I know, I know. the, the other Can- I'm trying now I'm blanking on my my Canadian What's cities. What's your favorite Canadian city? Uh Winnipeg. <laughs> Winnipeg. I got because yeah. they don't have an airport. Cuz yeah, I, I, I thought for a- sure for sure you're going to say Moose Jaw. I no. felt like you guys are like moose jaw kind of guys. No, I don't Honestly, know much we've about. Never, I've always wanted to take a road trip from like Detroit up to like Quebec City and just do that like road trip uh, just for fun, or just, just go through but, Minnesota, go around the North Shore. But also, you know, or do a trip up to Winnipeg, go over to you know in, through Saskatchewan out to out west. I love, fun. I to love. Calgary. That sounds hilariously boring. No, it'll no, be gorgeous. I'm sure it's gorgeous. Yes, driving through the middle of Canada. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah. Like, those TikTok guys. Like, Do you know where we live? <laughs> we live in Minnesota. It's in the middle of the country. We, we are known we live to in like a city though. But like, it's no, like... no, no, no. We we drive through like rural Minnesota, rural Iowa, like rural Wisconsin all the time. I love it. There's nothing yeah. better than flat, yeah, prairie but land. It's different in Saskatchewan. I mean, not well, not really. It's probably more rural. Yeah, probably less things up there. Yeah, there's nothing Which, better than driving for like 50, 60 plus miles where there's literally nothing except yeah, like well, nature. big open spaces. I like that. Yeah, it's great. You're out in the you know, it's a little bit scary because you literally, if your car breaks, you're stuck in the middle of nowhere. But you know, you make sure our car works, we'll be fine. Anyway, uh, we're getting off topic here. 
I don't know, actually, out of Matthews and McDavid, like who is left that is going to be making that kind of money? Like, you know, that hasn't already signed. McCarr re-upped, right? Yeah, McCarr already signed. McKinnon signed. Drysaddle. Uh, when's Drysaddle up, actually? Well, Kaprizov. Well, is up soon. Kaprizov yeah, is like, going to be another big one. Well, but Kaprizov still has like seven years left on his contract. No, he signed oh, a five-year. Oh, yeah, he did. He's got he's got three more years after this season. Yeah, so, so he's Kaprizov, fine. I I have a hunch that Kaprizov is not going to be resigning with the Wild. Uh, I don't know why. He played hardball with his last contract, and Zuccarello is probably going to be aging that's way, out. I'm I'm just trying to think in the next two years. Like Matthews and McDavid are coming up, but like, yeah. And Dobson resigned. I'm well, trying to think we'll, of like we'll do. Other... We haven't even got now. Now that the 2022 review is done, we're yeah. moving on to next <laughs> offseason. Yes, when the big... natural Adam Fox resigned, Quinn Hughes I think resigned, McAvoy resigned. Has Darlene resigned? Uh, I think Darlene. Oh, actually, I'm not sure about Darlene. Let's look that up. That'll be our last point. No, he's got uh one more after next season. So the Saber. That's the one thing. Sabers are going to have to sign Darlene. So they aren't going to be able to afford Matthews probably. So maybe Matthews isn't going to Sabres after all. And they also, the Sabres should really just spend that money on some depth players. They so. should. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that's what they will be doing. Anyway, yeah, I we're have probably a... getting close to the end of this one, aren't we? Yeah, I think we're, so. We're, we're there, Josh. We're okay. There. <laughs> Anywho, last episode of 2022. Thank you guys so much for listening. Smash that subscribe button. You know, leave oh, us yeah. a good Give review. A Download the episode. Download the episode. Twice. Planes are like canceled right now. Like, there's no such thing as a plane um, for the foreseeable future. Airports are shut down. But um, if you are going to go on an airplane somehow, like you're part of the FBI, uh, download the episode so that you could listen to it on the plane. And download it on your computer and your mobile, and then your significant other's mobile phone, and your parents' and your, your parents', parents phone. phone, and your children's phones, <laughs> and your cousin. No, I'm just joking here. Anyway. Yes. Anywho. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening, and we'll be back in 2023 with another terrific episode. See you, Sean. Thanks, Sean.